Hello, this is episode seven of Ethics Today. My name is Rick Kite. I'm with the D.B. Reinhardt Institute for Ethics and Leadership. And what we've been doing is talking to people from a variety of different professions and backgrounds to try to get a handle on what's going on in our society today and also shed light on some of the controversial uh, topics that people are talking about. Um, and our guest today is Marianne Torkelson, who's the Vice President of Business Development and Training at the Co-op Credit Union. So thank you so much for joining us, Marianne. Thank you, Rick, for having me. I'm glad to be here. Uh, we've been hearing in the news um, uh, so much about uh, this uh, Paycheck Protection Program, the, the, this federal loan program from the federal government for small businesses. And a lot of what we've been hearing in, in the news, at least, is about the misuse of the program from, uh, especially in the first round, large businesses like Shake Shack, which, which ended up returning a $10 million loan. And then, um, and then uh, I think it was the Ashford Hotel Group, I think is just announced they're returning about 60 or 70 million. It's unclear what, from different news reports, right? Um, but we haven't heard a lot about where the, loans are really operating as they should. And that's oftentimes what happens, especially with regard to business. You don't hear the good stories, you just hear, you know, when somebody does something wrong. And I just thought you would be a really good person to talk about um, where this program is really succeeding. And um, because you're in a, a credit union that has um, a lot of locations in small towns and you serve a lot of rural areas. And so first of all, could you just, Tell us a little bit about a co-op credit union. Um, what size um, of a credit union you are and what are the kinds of uh, businesses and people that you serve? Sure, sure. So we are a credit union and our headquarters are in Black River Falls. And we have branch locations in Fall Creek and Strum. Galesville, Melrose, and we also have a branch in uh, on Alaska. And we've been in business since 1938. We started as a cooperative of farmers that were members of Federation Cooperative needing to have access to capital or to loans um, during rural electrification. So we've really, um, over the years, had a focus on serving our members and filling the needs uh, that they have, you know, no matter what stage in life they are. So we uh, currently have about $370 million in assets, just over 20,000 members. And we cover the counties of Eau Claire and Chippewa, um, Buffalo, Tremplo. We have uh, Clark County, Jackson County, Monroe County, and La Crosse County, all in our field of membership. So, and we do have a number of small businesses that we do serve, whether it be through ag and business loans or just their business services that they run. And we did make the decision that we wanted to help our business community with these PPP loans. And so currently as of this afternoon, we've worked with almost 80 different businesses in applying on their behalf and helping them process those PPP loans. And I believe the largest employer that we have served has had a total of 15 employees. Wow, that's the largest. That, and, and so what, what, is, yes. what is the smallest 
that you've that you've given a loan. We've had loan. yep. We've had several uh, self-employed individuals, so individuals of one. Right. So, and the program, you know, the program allows for that. So there's guidelines and criteria and supporting documents that have to be provided and how that loan is figured. So we've really been helping the smallest of the small business member with these loans. You know, I'm always surprised when when I hear, you know, when there's national talk about small businesses and I hear like this loan program is rolled out and the um, uh, maximum size was 500 people. And I never think of a business, say with three or four or 500 people as being a small business. I mean, and, and I think, I don't know if that's just like in the Midwest or in, you know, even smaller cities, smaller towns, we, we talk about this differently, right? Right, right. You know, there's people that will say a small business is, you know, 100 employees or less. And when you go into rural Wisconsin, that is a lot of the employers uh, that we have. And so many people in society are employed by those small businesses. Well, what does it mean to, uh, when you have a, a smaller town, you say like, say 3,000 to 6,000, you know, people, and you lose um, a few of these small businesses that employ, say, four or five or 15 people. What does that mean to the economy of that size town? Well, we've seen in Black River Falls, you know, we have a population of about 3,900 people. And first of all, you just drive through town and there's very few cars parked on the street. The restaurants are serving you know, to-go orders, that sort of thing. But we had, prior to the pandemic, a very vibrant downtown and lots of new businesses downtown. And so this is really hitting them hard. And their ability to sell their product or provide their service is definitely impaired. And it's, it's had an impact. Do you think that uh, this is going to have its intended effect of keeping these businesses viable? I think it certainly is going to help the businesses. Um, when they hear that the loan has been approved, they're, they're very thankful. And they just feel that they have a way to be able to continue to pay their staff and keep their staff. If you remember before the pandemic, this workforce shortage that we had and this this war on talent and how difficult it was to find talent so when you had good employees you want to do everything you can to try and keep those employees right and so could you tell us i mean i'm not going to ask you names of of businesses but just like are there any uh kind of success stories like in this loan program that that you know about well, we've had a few instances of people that were considering laying off their employees because they didn't know how they were going to pay them. And so by receiving this loan, they then could continue to provide their employees wages to them. And anytime an employee continue, can continue receiving their wage, that's better for them. You know, they can continue to pay their bills. They can continue to pay um, all the payments that they have and they don't, the stress and the worry um, already increasing because of the pandemic, this is one thing that it can take that away from them. So we, there's, I think the first round of this loan program, $350 billion was allocated 
and um, and that was gone through very quickly. And it seemed like one of the problems is there were a few large banks that were prioritizing the loans for their biggest customers, and so that money was used up very rapidly. Um, the second mm -hmm. round was that an additional three hundred and ten billion? Am I right about That's that? That's correct. Okay, so yeah. Yep. And are those funds still available or has that been used up now? No, they are still available. I just entered another loan, you know, late this morning. So those funds are still available. And um, the SBA has sent out continued guidance about the spirit of the, of the CARES Act and who the loans are really geared for. I think with the you know, the feedback from that first round and how that happened, they um, have sent some additional guidance to the business community uh, as to what they should consider when they're applying. What? Do they have access to other funds? You know, that sort of thing, so. So I, I guess, so that's a pretty common question you would get is about what are the guidelines for it? But then you also mentioned the, the spirit of the program. Um, are, mm -hmm. So is that something you have in discussion with some of the businesses about is like, not just whether they legally qualify, but whether they should apply or not? There's a, on the application form, there's a number of statements that they review and initial and indicate that yes, they do have a need for that. And that um, falls solely on the borrower. Um, if they're, you know, signing and saying that they truly are in need, then then the loan can be processed. So um, it, it is a loan. Many people have thought that perhaps it's a grant. And after eight weeks, the business can ask for loan forgiveness from the SBA. That will be determined by the SBA if they will then in turn forgive the loan or not. So. Oh, okay. So I, I thought that that was going to be a pretty automatic decision if they had used I think it was what I'd heard 75% of the funds to go to payroll, right? Then right. something like that. But but there actually has to be, there's a follow-up report that is due, I imagine, and then. Correct. Okay. Yes. And the business will have to provide that substantiating documentation to show that they have used those funds for payroll. I, I thought it was really interesting in the first round. Um, um, you know, I'm not a financial person, but I, I get questions sometimes that are really out of the blue. Somebody will email me and and I got a couple of questions of the first rounds of the program just asking uh, from some small employers, um, do you think it's ethical for me to apply for this program, which I thought was really interesting. And, and one of them was somebody who just has uh, four employees and he was wondering because he he's thought he had enough reserves to pay his employees for one month. And um, and I was thinking, well, you sound like like an excellent candidate for this because I mean, you have reserves for one month, but beyond that, if you want to continue um, keeping them employed, his concern is he didn't want to take the funds away from somebody else who might be eligible. And what he was right. gonna apply for was $6,000, right? And then, but then you have these other businesses applying for 10 million, right? And it, it just seemed all out of proportion to the intention of that law. Right, right. And that's a decision that the business has to make for themselves. They know in their heart of hearts um, what's required for them to continue. So 
and to keep their business sustainable and their and their employees paid. Right. So I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about credit unions because that's a fascinating history. And you said you the mm-hmm. co-op credit union goes back to 1938. So the credit right. unions really come out of the Great Depression, right? When um, mm-hmm. there, there wasn't much money available uh, for, especially for small businesses and farmers and so on. Um, right. So could you just tell us is, I, I my understanding is a lot of the credit national credit unions in the world are actually located in Wisconsin. Is that right? Yes, Wisconsin is very strong in the credit union movement. Um, our CUNA headquarters are, are um, in Madison. The World Council of Credit Unions headquarters, um, they have an office in Madison as well. So uh, Wisconsin does have a very big presence of, of credit unions. Um, what so you said these small businesses one to say 15 employees that's kind of been the size that you've been giving loans to um what is kind of what would be the average size of those loans um we have some that are um you know 6000 is a is a good average um they're very you know some are very small loans um I think we don't um, have many at all that are over a hundred thousand dollars. So um, majority of them are very small. You know, it's it's two and a half times your average monthly payroll. So when you take your payroll costs and you multiply that, your average monthly payroll, you multiply that by two point five. That's the maximum amount of the lo- of the loan. Okay. Okay. Um, so what, I, I'm just wondering what in the, in the kind of uh, credit union banking world, uh, what are your thoughts for how long this is going to go on and businesses are going to need financial assistance? Are we going to have a third round of this program or is there going to be something else that comes in its place or is this it? Well, we're not really sure, and we're we're at the mercy of what the uh, government decides. And I know when you watch the news at night, there's talk of another round of of stimulus uh, funds, and how that will be directed is still to be determined. So, um, I personally am encouraged that the funds haven't run out yet. I'm not sure how much longer we'll have them, but um, we have been allowed the time and the funds to be able to serve those who really do need it and have asked as of this point so yeah yeah um one of the reasons i wanted to talk to you also was i i know that you do so much uh engagement with the community so could you just tell me a little bit about some of the work that you do not just like uh the loan programs but um, the other kind of work that you do in the community Well, a credit union is a cooperative and we're guided by cooperative, there's seven cooperative principles. And one of those cooperative principles is uh, concern for our community. So we focus on local development through policies and programs um, to help make our communities better because when our communities are 
richer and stronger and better. Um, that's just better for those for those that live there. And so our credit union is is very active in our community. We have people serving on boards and things like interfaith caregivers and um, people helping with their children's sports, you know, uh, activities. We've got people serving on school boards. Um, we're part of an, initi an initiative right now that's going on to begin a child care cooperative in Jackson County to help solve the child care crisis that we're seeing. Um, so giving back to our community is very important to us and it's really who we are. And you're also a small business, just like these other businesses that you're helping. Um, I imagine you were affected just like everybody else by this pandemic. So are all your, sure. are yep. your actual, are your locations closed? Are the buildings closed? So all of our lobbies are closed. We are serving um, through our drive up and we can do a number of services, you know, via phone and um, do phone appointments, that sort of thing. So we've really been able to continue to serve the members just in a different way. We have a robust online and mobile app system so people can have 24 seven access to their, you know, to their funds and you can pay bills, you know, through your mobile phone now. Uh, so we are really doing our best to, to meet the needs of those members and still be there serving when they need us. How is the, um, because I, this, I would, I would guess that, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just guessing that your workload has been kind of episodic with like when these, the first round and the second round of these loan programs came out, you had a ton of work, you were working really long hours. And then in the other times, right. you probably don't have as much work. Is that right? Well, for me personally, it's been the, it's been that way. Um, uh, but there's always things to do. And we're doing things like calling and checking on our members. Are you doing all right? Letting them know about some of the services that they maybe didn't know about or have forgotten about. Uh, just checking in with them. And we're really making an effort to do that that check-in to see how our our members are doing and making sure that they know that we're there for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. I thank you for uh, joining me today. This is really interesting. Um, I, I I don't think we pay enough attention to what is going on in in our rural communities. Um, of course, you have local newspapers right. and so forth that are reporting really well there, but you know a lot right. of us are really dependent more on the national news and the, mm -hmm. the Midwest gets overlooked generally and especially the rural Midwest. So. Right, right. Yeah, it's very different in the in the rural communities. So um, some some neat things go on. People have really come together. I know through the phone calls that I've made to members, um, they're doing as well as they can and it's good to see and it's good to see the people through Interfaith that are, you know, making masks and sewing masks and the food shelf staff and the additional food distribution that's going on, the school systems, you know, busing lunches to students. So there's a lot of really good things going on and a lot of people coming together to, to take care of their neighbor and make sure our community is doing as well as we can. Well, that's great. So, so thank you. Keep up the good work and 
And we'll maybe Thank check you. in, in in a few months. And if, if things are still going on, we'll check up and, and see how things are going then. So. That sounds great. Okay.